Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hi, POD cast listeners. Quick note at the top. Um, my audio got really messed up in this episode. I'm not sure exactly what happened. I think it was taking it from the wrong source. Unfortunately, no one noticed until the end. So I'm sorry, my personal audio during this episode's kind of messed up. It's a little rough, but stick with us because it's some good content and everyone else sounds just okay. Sorry about that, but enjoy the show. Welcome to the Bride of Detroit podcast, the POD cast. We are back. My name is Jeremy Resman. I'm the managing editor here at Pride of Detroit. I'm also your interim coach of this podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. And we have a packed show today that I'm ready to get all into. But before we get into any of our talk, let's introduce our guests we have this week. Our co- my co-host is back in video form for the first time in months, I want to say. Ryan Matthews is here. That's at Ryan underscore POD. Look at you, you're you're running kind of. I'm running on one leg. <laughs> How's it going, bud? I'm excited. I'm happy to be here. There's some actual things to talk about this week. There are, and we are going to get to it. We have some Lions news finally, finally, as the team prepares to take on training camp. Monday was the first day that they're doing anything other than physicals, so... Um, we'll, we'll get more information as we go on the week, but there's obviously been some news before then. Uh, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I have another co-host that I want to introduce and he was our co-host for our charity stream that happened on Saturday. That's one Jerry Mallory who joins us this week. Jerry, how you doing, buddy? What's going on guys? I am not in video form yet. I don't think the world can handle Ryan and myself the same week returning back to video. So we'll see what we can do to uh, get me back on there, but not too much in one week's dose. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Perfectly <laughs> at said. Maller, at Jerry Mallory NFL on, on Twitter, by the way. But um, let's get to it. Um, let, actually, before we get into the news, let, let's talk a little bit about the karaoke stream on, on Saturday. Um, first, I just want to thank everyone that got involved, whether you were just watching, whether you donated, whether you sang with us. It was an amazing night. It was wildly successful. We hit our goal of 8,000. We, we, we almost hit 8,100, I think, was uh, the approximate total. Um, it was, it was so much fun from taking four shots of hot sauce to getting, uh, pied in the face three times. I want to say to watching lions running back coach, Kyle Cassidy do an acapella version of ice ice baby. I, I couldn't imagine a more fun night. <laughs> it was awesome. And you know, it's so funny, you know, that, that number can look daunting 8,000, yeah. but for me, before we even started, I was pretty confident, man. Just seeing how uh, great this community of Pride Detroit is, seeing the involvement that the Lions would have, you know, the support we get from them. Uh, I was pretty confident in that first hour, you know, the, the donation started rolling in and you added it being such a great cause. I mean, it was it was a wonderful night. Only thing missing was uh, Ryan singing some Creed, man. But we'll have to wait for the next karaoke event to get that. I don't yeah. come cheap. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Um, but let me, let me throw out some, some quick shout outs to everyone who, who made it a successful night, starting with you, Jerry, you were a great co-host the entire night. You're obviously a, a master of the mic as well. Um, your freestyling during the uh, Prince of Bel-Air theme was fantastic. Uh, and obviously impromptu because Twitch things throws in a verse in there that no one has ever heard in their life. Yeah, what what was those extra lyrics, man? I was just expecting to sing the standard TV deal. And so, you know, my thing with karaoke is if I don't know the words, it now becomes my song. So whatever <laughs> words I choose, I'm not singing some some random fresh prince words I've never seen before. Uh obviously wanna throw out a thanks to the Caskey family. That's their foundation. Um, both Kayla and Kyle were fantastic all night. Kayla was there as re- Kayla was there until until I drank the, the mozzarella sticks milkshake at 2.30 a.m. 
Kyle obviously had to, to go to bed to, so that he can work the next morning. Um, but, but they were both fantastic throughout the night. Kyle, I think sang three different songs and he took his karaoke very seriously, which I appreciate. Um, also shout out to Ty Johnson and Nick Vauden. They both stopped by. We, we did a quick little interview with both of them on, uh, on zoom. Um, both actually donated to the cause as well. Ty Johnson's donation of $690 and 69 cents was one of the nicest of the night. (laughs) (laughs) Nice Um, and naughty. Nice and naughty. That's yeah, you're right. Um, but both those guys are, are great people. I mean, you you heard Kyle Kasky say, he said, these, my running back room is full of some of the greatest people. And, and those guys showed it that night with, with a really fun conversation that we had. Um, and then just thanks to everyone else who, who showed up that the lines for donating some of the gifts that are going to be up for raffle. And by the way, if you are part of that raffle, meaning you donated $20 or more, uh, on that Saturday night stream, um, we are holding the raffle Wednesday night at 9 PM here on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. I'll go through the whole process. So, you know, I'm not cheating or waiting anything. Um, but yeah, we'll, it'll be fun. We'll give up some, some good prizes, but that, that's all I got to say on the night. Unless you got something you want to say about it, Jerry. No, I think you summed it up perfectly. You know, uh, the Caskey Foundation, the Caskey Family Foundation. What, what really cool was, you know, if you enjoy kind of what they brought to the table Saturday, it wasn't just a one-time thing. They're going to have some other things going on. Uh, their goal is to get, you know, a 70K, which is going to really help these kids with the Microsoft services, and they'll have other things happening. But, no, it was a great night, man. I love singing karaoke. I love the crowd that that we have. You know, we're – we're not trying to win singing competitions. We're not trying to impress. We're just trying to have fun. So uh, I had a great time too, man. Thanks for, uh, for having me join you and the rest of the crew that night. Um, I want to kind of take things on, on uh, a less happy note um, for, for a couple minutes here and, and talk about Jamie Samuelson, um, the 97 uh, personality voice. You know, he also wrote a fair amount as well. Um, passed away over the weekend on that Saturday night, in fact. And um, he, he was a big part of, of Lions media. You know, he was part of the, the Fox pregame show and postgame show. And um, obviously a, a big um, voice on 97.1, Fox 2 Sports sports Work. Um, it's it's another big loss for this Lions media that, that feels like it's been hit by some unfortunate events over the past decade or so. And so I wanted to give you all a chance to maybe share a memory about him or your thoughts about him. Um, it, it feels like we can't ignore such a big presence in, in, in Detroit media. I, I feel like there really can't be enough said about Jamie Samuelson. Uh, by all accounts, just seems like the nicest person. Um, never had the chance to meet him personally, but uh, there was a moment that I that I had that I shared on Twitter that I was talking about. Um, I was driving into school one morning, and I think it was the 2016 season. I think it was the 2016 season and uh, Jamie Samuelson like referenced one of my articles that I wrote on Pride of Detroit. I don't even remember the article it was. I can't even remember the year it was, but I just know that Jamie Samuelson was talking about something that I created and I thought it was the biggest compliment that I'd ever received in my entire life. And, you know, that's somebody who, you know, listened to WDFN growing up. And uh, like you said, he was such a huge he was just such a huge presence in, in Lions media and, and Detroit speed, Detroit sports media in general with 97.1 and having that morning show with, with Stoney. And um, yeah, it's just, I, I was really sad. Like this was something that really, I think, I think hit a lot of people hard just because it was something, you know, the, the, the stage four colon cancer and, you know, going through it for 19 months and really keeping it close to the chest and not sharing it. And, you know, going through that battle on, on his own with his family and everything. And I think that kind of speaks to, to him as a person too, though. Um, how, uh, you know, how great of a person he was. So. Yeah. And the one, one word that comes to mind from my own limited experience listening and I too have never really had the opportunity to, to meet him in person. But the, the word that keeps coming up with all the tributes that I keep reading and, and you know, there's some great tributes out there. Will Birchfield over at, at 97.1. Dan Miller had a great one. And obviously, Wojo had a, a very emotional one in the news today. Um, <clears throat> professionalism. Just a true professionalism. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not telling any tales out of school here with, you know, the reputation that 97.1 has, but he's the guy that I think escape that he's a guy that I think we all appreciated 
he was a level-headed one. And the fact that he, you know, goes out and does research at Pride of Detroit every now and then shows to me just how much of an open-minded, you know, professional he is. And that's something that, that we need more of in this business. And it's something that it's clear that, that it can work in this business because you see how many people love and support him right now. And uh, there, there needs to be more room for that. And uh, I'm glad that we had that with Jamie for, for over 20 years. And uh, I hope he inspires more people to be like that. Yeah, I, I have some of the same sentiments as you guys. Um, not knowing him personally, but just thinking back to WDFN, you know, it it probably has such a huge uh, role in my life as a sports fan. Uh, I remember the first time listening to WDFN. Um, I was about 10 or 11. And I didn't know sports radio talk even existed. And I'm in the lobby of my sister's job and I hear uh, some people talking about a rumored trade of Allen Iverson going to the Detroit Pistons. And it, it blew my mind. I said, you know, they're talking sports. It's on the radio. And from there and on, just kind of hooked to that station as a young kid. And obviously Jamie, uh, he had stints with Greg Henson and uh, Jamie and Brady. Uh yeah, it it was such a piece of sad news to go from hearing the uh, announcement that he was ill a few weeks ago to his uh, his unfortunate death. Uh, I don't know if anyone, if you're listening to Pride Detroit, obviously uh, you're linked in to Detroit media and WDFN 97.1, no matter how you feel about them, uh, it's, it's going to be embedded into our brains. And so Jamie Samuelson is someone, we don't know him personally, but we have heard him, many of us, for several decades now. So in some type of way, they are a part of our lives. And uh, it's definitely a sad day uh, when we heard it. And, you know, I, I'm not going to listen to 97.1. I did read the Wojo article, but uh, I know they have to be heartbroken. It's just probably too hard for me to listen to that. But the articles, like you mentioned, Jeremy, that have been put out, uh, they've been beautiful, especially the one from Wojo. And, uh, you know, my heart goes out to all involved with this uh, horrible situation. Yeah, no question. And um, I, I think it, it, it goes to show you the kind of person he was, that he kept it all cl so close to the vest and just worked through it. He, he was working until last Professionalism, week. right? Professional. I mean, and it's not yeah. even that, too. I mean, he was. I, I read that he was playing tennis with his kids on the 4th of July for like two hours. I can't play right. tennis for two hours. I feel like I'm too old to play tennis for two hours. And this guy's doing it 18 months into a, a cancer battle. That's that's insane. Um, and mm -hmm. it, it, I think it, it's just a really inspirational story. And I was listening to a little bit of 97 one this morning and, and, you know, it was obviously a really rough day for Stoney and, and props to him for, for going out there and, and, and right. kind of following Jamie's lead and, and just going to work there. But um, to, to put yourself out there emotionally like that, it's, it's gotta be a tough thing to do and credit to all the Detroit sports um, kind of faces, you know, Matt Patricia called into the show today and, and I know right. um, the, the Tigers manager, this is how bad of a sports guy. Ron Gardenhire. There I'm you here go. For you, buddy. Um, he, he had a statement that the Tigers put, um, you know, a moment of silence up on their big screen as well. So kudos to all those guys um, recognizing just how big of a sports figure he was in Detroit. And for that to happen, it, it always amazes me for a, an out-of-towner to endear himself to Detroit sports like that. And maybe it speaks to how good of a sports city Detroit is. But, you know, he's a guy who came from, what, North Northwestern, right? He, he went to Northwestern. He wasn't. Uh, yeah, I think he was from, might have been, might have been from the Bay or something like that because he was a San Francisco yeah. Giants fan. Oh, yeah, right. Golden yeah. State Warrior fan, yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, a guy that can acclimate himself to Detroit sports and, and then just become such a loved figure is, 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 shows his talent, too. Not just his passion, not just his work ethic, but um, his, his pure talent. And so right. that's, that's absolutely going to be missed. Yeah. Well, just put it think, really good in that article. Yeah. Um, he, he said that he had this perfect balance of intelligence, dry wit and sarcasm, but he wasn't condescending. I mean, to, when, when you think of those three uh, traits, oftentimes it does come off in a condescending way, but he never seemed that way. He was intelligent. You could tell he was a smart guy and he did, did have that sarcasm and that dry wit. But uh, he always leveled with the callers. He never made you feel anything less than. So, uh, man, he's going to be missed on so many levels, obviously from the personal level of, of all the ones that have known him. But even from a professional level, he was uh, one of the best in his profession. He was a Detroit media icon. 
No question. No question. Um, so our thoughts are with the Samuelson family, obviously. Um, you, you know, if he, he wanted to leave one one message to anybody, it was get checked. Um, he was he was young. They say get colonoscopies when you're 50. He didn't, he, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't even make it to 50. So please get checked. 48. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you feel anything irregular, even if you don't, and um, if you can afford the, the medical trip, please go get tested. Um, you, you never know what will what, happen. So um, with that, we're, we're going to transition to a little bit of Lions news before we jump to the break here. Um, let's talk about training camp. Let's talk about COVID, another, another dark subject here. But um, obviously, the big news over the weekend, Matthew Stafford um, put on the COVID list. Uh, turns out, according to Albert Breer, he did, in fact, test positive after two negative tests. Tested on Tuesday and Wednesday was fine. Friday's test apparently came back negative. So he's currently on the COVID-19 list. Um, I'm not really sure if there are any takes to be had on this news. Um, you know, it, it, it could be a, a false positive. It, it could have been false negatives. We, we all really don't know. Um, as far as we know right now, he's, he's asymptomatic. That could always change. We don't know. Obviously, the, the biggest concern here, I think, is, is with his family. Um, we know they just had a child. We know Kelly Stafford had major surgery over a year ago. All those things are obviously come before football. Um, but at the same time, if it's not a big deal, if, he, if it was a false negative or you know, if he's asymptomatic and he doesn't transfer to his family, he could be back on the active roster by Wednesday. So um, <laughs> I think I covered all the bases. Is there anything I missed with that story? <laughs> Nothing other than the only thing that anybody can do about this entire situation when it comes to the COVID list is wildly speculate. Right. Right. And, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going uh, yeah, to say really quick, you know, Isaac Nada went on the list what last Thursday and he's already off it as of as of Monday. So it could end as quickly as that, but you know, six players got placed on the COVID list before Isaac Nada and they're not back. So we don't really know the situation with those guys either. Yeah. So I think it's just another reminder that this, this virus is just bigger than football. It's bigger than sports you can see it happening in baseball. And I think all these players getting at, added to the COVID list, you know, whether or not they're asymptomatic or they're symptomatic, or um, they've just been in close contact with people who are, you know, who have tested positive. I mean, it's just, um, it's a thing to remind us. And it, it's almost like a, it's almost like a weird reminder that like we're not operating in some bubble and right. football, football is still kind of just going on while everybody else is trying to survive. It's, it's just a really weird dynamic right now. And it, it has me pulling myself out of football more and more and more. And I, I, I don't know how you can stay up on it, Jeremy, like kudos to you, you know, every, every day running this website, like it's something where I, I have to check out because it's like, this is not real life. And to, to reference another Detroit sports media icon, Terry Foster always said that sports are not real life. And this could not be, a could you not find a greater example of, of something like that going on right now? Yeah. You know, we, we can look at two different leagues and kind of see how they're running, what to do and what not to do. You know, it seems like the NBA has things going pretty good as long as, you know, Lou Williams stays out of the strip club. Lemon Pepper uh, they, Lou. They've been oper- yeah, they've been, they've been operating pretty good. Then on the MLB side of things, you know, it's not going as well. You know, the NFL, it's going to be so hard, even if they wanted to implement the same restrictions as the NBA. You got to think of the roster size. You got to think of the logistics. Um, I don't know. It's man. impossible. You know, more, it's impossible. It, you know, and so more and more names are coming out. I don't think that's going to decrease. You know, I'm sure the Staffords and a lot of these other guys, Hawkinson, Galladay. I'm sure if you look at that list, several of them have been following, if not all, have been following the safety protocol to the best of their ability. But unless you're literally in a bubble. You know, it, it's going to be hard to to slow this thing down. And uh, I'm with Ryan. It, it kind of gives me conflicting um, opinions about sports in general. We love sports, obviously. We want to see football come back. Um, but then at the same time, at what risk? And, you know, it does seem in some ways irresponsible. And, you know, I just hope whatever happens, if opt-outs come, please, guys, and I'm not talking to you two, but just anyone listening, you know, look past 
any type of superficial fandom and respect anyone's decision because we don't know the re- all the reasons why they may choose to opt out, and it doesn't really matter. This is a, a tough time we're living in, so let's just always show respect for whatever a person decides to do um, because at the end of the day, it is just a game. Yeah, there's a couple things I, I want to bring up, and, and maybe maybe this is maybe this shouldn't be the the biggest topic of all, but I think it bears bringing up. You know, we saw a lot of these players in the offseason practicing with each other against the NFLPA. Yeah, that's true. We saw them. You know, I, I, I saw you know some certain Lions players and, and NFL players just kind of seemingly going on as normal, play, partying with with family and, and friends and things like that. And so, I mean, Stafford was one of those guys that was practicing with people against recommendations. So was T.J. Hawkinson. Um, You're right. So was Isaac Nauta. I, so was Isaac Nauta. Um So, I mean, it, I, the, the big test for me, though, is really once if, if someone inside the building gets sick. Because right now, the process is working as it's supposed to, right? Like, these guys are getting tested. The ones that are b- being tested positive aren't getting in the building. The question becomes is who, like, once training camp is underway and these players have passed their physicals and they're in the building, what happens then when someone tests positive? Will someone test positive? Will they cross over that barrier into the facility and, and potentially get sick. And I think we've already seen it potentially with, uh, um, who's the head coach that just got it. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Like he, he was in the Eagles facility, if I'm not mistaken. And so now what, what happens next? So that to me, like so far, there's no sense really of whether this is going to work or not in the NFL. Obviously there's a lot of pessimism because there isn't a pure bubble to be had and, the NHL and the NBA have shown like that might be the only solution to sports right now. Um, but the NFL hasn't passed or failed any tests yet. The tests really come once everyone's in the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really easy though. Like, I think we need to keep that in mind too. It's really easy for the size of an NBA team to be put in a bubble. Right. Or it's really easy yeah. when you're, or it's really easy when you're the NHL and you can just go to a different country that has everything under control. I mean, we had, we, we had a, we had a professional baseball team that wasn't even allowed to play it, play games in their home, in their home stadium because of because what inevitably happened. Yeah. 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 So it's, um, yeah, I, I think Jerry said it really well when, you know, he said at the end of the day, it's one of those things where we have to be respectful of the decisions that people are making for their own livelihood and for their health. And, uh, we as fans need to be understanding that if a season doesn't happen, it's happening for a really good reason. Yeah. I think it's a good point. And it's a good point to go on. Uh, so when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about some of those players that opted out, what it means for the roster. Um, and then a couple other roster moves. Lines have a new defensive tackle. We'll talk about him and a couple other injury moves, injury updates. When we come back on the POD cast, stick with us. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once in a lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. 
Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. And we are back on the POD cast talking about training camp finally getting underway for the Detroit Lions, but they had to make a lot of roster moves. We talked about some of the COVID stuff at the top. Let's move on to some of the other news. Let's, let's move on to the opt-outs, actually. Um, the Lions had two players opt-out. In the first week, it was John Atkins, a defensive tackle. This week, just a couple days ago, uh, Geronimo Allison decided he wanted to opt-out. We're not going to talk about why they opt-out, as Jerry said at the top. Um, doesn't really matter. Let's talk about what it means for the roster. Um, let's start with John Atkins. Um, he was obviously in the, in the back of nose tackle battle with um, John Penasini, the Lions' sixth-round draft pick. Um, so it seems like John Penasini might have a, a better route to the roster, but Lions made a move today claiming defensive tackle Dalen Mack, the former Raven, um, also a young guy, kind of in the same boat as John Penasini. Um, guys, how, how do you think the, the defensive tackle slash nose tackle battle um, has been affected by these two moves? I mean, I don't, I don't think it was ever a, a strong situation anyway, you know, mm -hmm. after Shelton. Uh, you know, Atkins, was it be his second year? Was he a rookie last year? Maybe second or third year. Uh, it seems like the team likes him, but, um, you know, he wasn't necessarily a key cog. Uh, Penasini, I don't, I mean, he could potentially earn the spot, but I think this uh, this next move of bringing in uh, Daylon Matt kind of shows that, yeah, Penasini, they like him, but they're not 100% comfortable with him. So, I mean, it's not earth shattering, but, uh, you know, Atkins, was someone that's familiar with the system. Uh, he was here last year. And so now whoever backs up Shelton will already have to be a shortened, you know, training camp, you know, shortened process to get ready for the season. And then they're a newcomer as well. They have to learn the scheme, et cetera. So I did read somewhere that Mac, uh, his position, his skill set kind of fits what we're trying to do with that spot yeah. anyway. So I think he, he will have the inside edge over uh, John Penis. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have to say that I think that the Lions going out and claiming Mac definitely says a lot about where they feel like the room is. I don't think it's a direct comment on whether or not they believe in Penasini being that guy. But I think it does say that they wanted to continually, as Bob Quinn always says, always looking for ways to improve the roster, always looking for ways to add talent. And I think Dalen Mack is that guy. He uh, He fits the mold. Seems like a very strong run defender and seems like he could be a good fit here in Detroit. Now I will say about the Geronimo, Geronimo Allison stuff that just opens up a whole litany of opportunities that I think that Jeremy a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about the wide receiver battles, this really opens up the competition now. Yeah, no question. I mean, we know the three locks, we know Galladay Jones and Amendola are on the team, but you know, we, we've been talking all offseason about how those fourth and fifth spots can really go to a number of guys. And I do think Geronimo Allison was on that bubble of guys that really could have won a spot. He's, he has the most experience out of all of those young guys, except maybe Marvin Hall. Um, he definitely has more production than, than everyone else on the roster at the wide receiver position beyond those top three. Um, so, yeah, now, you know, a guy like Marvin Hall definitely – benefits from this. Quintus Cephas probably benefits from it. I think Jamal Agnew might be the biggest winner out of all that. Yeah, I think Jamal Agnew think, is the biggest winner of that. Don't, do you agree, Jerry? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, he already has the positional flexibility, the special teams. Um, but would, would, that, would that have been enough this year? I don't know. So he definitely benefits. My thing with Geronimo Allison, and uh, I, I'm not getting into why he left. I'm not, I'm not going there or why he opted out. I have a I had a feeling he was going to get cut anyway. Unfortunately for him, you know, year after year, he's going to be the second guy in Green Bay. And, you know, you get hyped about him. And maybe it's my fantasy football love. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is a sleeper. You know, you heard about him so many years, and it just really never came to fruition. Um, when you kind of pull up his production in Green Bay, I was surprised it was as mediocre as it was. Maybe, you know, he would have a, a good game here or there. But uh, he, he's never really been able to put it all together. 
So I kind of feel like it doesn't change things as much. If I had to pick one of those receivers that was not going to make it, uh, he probably would have been the first name on the list because everybody else kind of brings something uh, that I could see them wanting to keep hold of. You know, Marvin Hall, we saw what he did with his uh, big play ability. Uh, Agnew uh, with the special teams ability. You can move him to defense if you need to. And then Cephas, the new guy, you know, they might want to try him out. So I think he was last on the totem pole anyway, but that doesn't mean he couldn't have fought his way to carve out a spot. So um, I don't think it changes too much, but you never know. I think Mike Rothstein actually brought up an interesting point. Um, looking at it from Geronimo Allison's point of view, and I'm not suggesting this is why he opted out. In fact, he said it's not. He said, you know, it's family health reasons, and, and I respect that. But in a way, he kind of benefits from tolling his contract to next year when the right. Lions might not have as, as much, you know, set with their starting lineup. Galladay mm-hmm. Jones and Amadola are all on the last year of their contract. So Geronimo Allison comes back next year with maybe two of those three guys gone next year. Potentially all three. I doubt all three, but potentially two out of three. Um, and so he's back on his one-year deal next year because his contract doesn't expire or anything. It just rolls over to next year, essentially. Um, and maybe he has a better t- chance to make the roster next year. Could be the case. Just kind of an interesting thing to think about. Um, all right, let's exactly. move on to um, some injury news. Let's start, let's start with what I think might be more significant than what people are letting on. And we also always kind of have to be careful with pup being play players being placed on pup because oftentimes they're only there for a week. Sometimes they're there for a month. Um, we don't really know what the case is for Austin Bryant, who's the, the one lines player that got placed on pup as he did his physicals over the weekend. Um, there could be more uh, of the guys that come off of COVID and then get their physicals. They could potentially go to the pup. We don't know. Um, but Austin Bryant for now is the only one on pup. And I, I don't know. I was pretty, I was pretty bummed about this news. He was a guy that we heard Bob Quinn specifically mention as someone they're expecting more contributions out this season. Um, He finally got his feet wet towards the end of the season last year. Uh, I think he played in all four of the final four games. Um, But as now we don't know why um, he's on the pup list um, because it's the pup list and not the NFI list. It's, it's a football injury, Um, but it's not great news for a guy who essentially missed all of last year's training camp to essentially I mean, we don't know how much he's going to lose in this training camp, but to, to not be there from the start is obviously not great news for him. I agree. You know, I felt like we were saying the same thing this time last year about Deshaun Hand. Um, you know, and it ended up not being good. You know, we were we were excited for his second year. So Bryant this year, you know, with Devon Kennard being gone, uh, you know, after Jamie Collins really anything could happen with the, with the linebackers or the Jack, however you want to, you know, throw Austin Bryant in there. It, it's kind of wide open. Whoever steps up can have a major role. You know, Jared Davis is under review to is still young. Christian Jones is Christian Jones. And then Kennard is gone. So, I mean, it, it was really available for Austin Bryant to kind of come in. They, they spent good capital for him. I believe he was a fourth round pick. Uh, they, they, they speak glowingly of him. So everything was kind of built toward him having that breakout year. Like you said, Jeremy, it still might happen. He may be ready for the beginning of the season, but the fact that he had the injury riddle rookie season, and now you're seeing this, you know, we've seen Ziggy Ansah on the pup list routinely. Yeah. And we, you know, Deshaun hand. So, you know, we've seen this happen and it doesn't always mean, Oh, it's nothing. Usually for Detroit lions, it has been something. So I was a little bummed to see it as well. I mean, even, even Trey flowers last year, right? Like he started on the pup list and yeah, he came off by the time the regular season started, but he wasn't really himself until really the first, after the first month of the season. So, um, you know, Austin Bryan might be ready week one, but if he stays on the pup for, you know, the first two weeks of conditioning, I mean, the the off season is already shortened and missing any additional time in this ramp up period is not going to be good for him. Yeah. He could, he could really find himself, on the outside looking in, I think for a roster spot. You think, you think it's that drastic? I mean, obviously Julian O'Quara is, is the the X factor here. If he can catch on really quick and, and potentially be a starter day one. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I just don't know if there's a lot of other pure jacks on this roster that that could challenge him for even a reserve role. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe not. I could be overreacting, but at the same time, if I always say it, the greatest ability is availability. And if you're not there to play, I mean, it, it's certainly not unheard of of moving on from a fourth round pick in just a year later. Um, it's, it's obviously not a good look, but 
I don't think it's something Quinn would necessarily shy away from if there was a better option on the roster. Sure. I'm reminded of, uh, oh man, what was the linebacker's name for the first draft that Bob Quinn had? Was it Antoine, Antoine Williams? Williams? Antoine yeah, I was Williams. about to make a joke about him. stepped on your toes there um the other injury news is romeo quar is on the nfi list again we don't have any information about what the nature of that injury is other than apparently it's a non-football injury hence nfi um also not great news i mean we talked about this line's defensive line their pass rush being their weakness still on this roster and now we're talking about two guys entering training camp on an injury list not great news romeo quar is kind of like you know a an average player, I would say maybe, maybe slightly below average. So it's not like you're losing a, a ton of talent here, but he's a guy that was certainly going to factor in, in the, in the defensive line rotation. He was a guy that's, that's lined up to play a lot. Um, again, we don't want to jump to conclusions about the injury and, and, you know, hit the panic alarm too soon here, but it's just never good when you you have any of these guys that are expected to be regular contributors missing time in training camp, especially during a short off season. Well, I think in addition to that too, though, is that it's happening at some positions where the lines are rather thin. Like you just pointed out, maybe there might not be a whole lot of Jack linebackers. So maybe that doesn't make Austin Bryan expendable. As far as defensive ends go, the Lions have Trey flowers, but beyond that, what do they really have? Sean kind of thin. (laughs) Yeah. That guy. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is an exaggeration, but. And I know the Lions, they they, they like Romeo Aquara, but I, I got to, I mean, I mean, after this year, okay, they draft Julian and, you know, you got the brother connection, but it's like, I don't know what the future is going to be for Romeo. He, he kind of feels like, and again, exaggeration, how you kind of got uh, Giannis Atenakumbo and his, like his, his, his other brother is on the Bucks, probably just because Atenakumbo is there. I think his name is Thanos Atenakumbo or something like that. I mean, I don't know. Romeo Cora had the good rookie season um, or not rookie season. His first year with the Lions was pretty good. After that, uh, I don't know. I didn't see a whole lot last year. I I don't think he's on the chopping block just because of depth. And I mean, his brother and there may be some type of thing there where they want to keep him together for this year. But I don't know, man. After, After this rookie season for his younger brother, I could see this being the end for Romeo if he does not, you know, show a little bit more this year. I was really excited for his 2019 campaign after the 18 campaign, it just, it just didn't really come to fruition. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's move on to the final uh, kind of roster news of the week. And that was J Ron curse lions safety um, getting served a three game suspension by the league for uh, violation of substance abuse, likely going back to his arrest last October after um, failing a sobriety test and also, um, being caught with a gun without a license. Um, <clears throat> this was a move that that many expected. The the Lions were aware of the situation when they signed him in free agency. According to uh, Matt Patricia, he said it's not a surprise that this decision came down to the from the league. I guess the question is, does this have any effect on the way the Lions are going to build the roster? Well, Curse was kind of, if, if unless I'm mistaken, he was brought in for. What special teams more so? Um, he's yeah. a safety, but he he probably is going to be more of a special teams guy. So I think you know, with him being suspended, you just kind of kind of look at some other guys. DJ Moore, who's been a safety but kind of a special teams guy that could have been on the uh, you know the bubble of getting cut that helps his chances. Um, you know, even once again Jamal Agnew. So uh, you know, Miles Killebrew, guys that have contributed more so on special teams. If Curse, uh, who's brought in to kind of be that guy, isn't available, that that helps some of their chances out. Any thoughts, Ryan, on, on the situation with Curse? It's a bummer. I think that's the way to best describe it: is losing him for three games, especially at a position where you thought you were going to have a lot of depth and you thought you were going to have some contributors and some guys who could step in and and fit different situations and play situationally and. It's a bummer, but I think the Lions can weather the storm. Yeah. And I think, I, I mean, I think he eventually makes the team. And you, you have to remember these guys can be, get put on the, uh, the suspension list during roster cutdowns. You might remember they did that with Andrew Corliss back in, what, 2016, I want to say. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So 
Uh, I don't think it's going to affect roster cuts really at all. I think they'll probably just stash them there for a while and they'll see, they'll kind of have like a three game test. Like, are we okay at safety? If so, then maybe we cut him once the safety, once the suspension is up. That's essentially what they did with Corliss, right? The guy never saw the field um, yeah. in Detroit. So uh, it, that's a situation that could certainly play out with curse. I think they just, they'll have, it'll be a good opportunity to see what they got in guys. Um, I, I know they like CJ Moore a lot who played a lot of special teams last year as a, as a UDFA. Um, Jalen Elliott is a guy that um, a lot of people liked on, on this year's UDFA list. And, and I will just kind of have to see how the rest plays out. I, I, I do think, I mean, we talked to Arif and he was a big fan of, of Jaron curse. So um, mm-hmm. I, I do think he'll stick around eventually. And I think this was just kind of a calculated risk line. So I'd be like, this guy's talented enough where we need to have him on the roster, even if it's not for the first three games. Yeah. And I think the thing with curse too, when we talked to Arif Hassan was that positional versatility. Like, I mm-hmm. think he's just a lock because of his ability to play slot corner, his ability to play, you know, deep safety and some other things like that. So I think when you look at their depth chart, you got Duran Harmon, you got Tracy Walker, you got Will Harris. And I think curse is, is that fourth safety that makes the team. Yeah. And then you're really, you're really choosing between what CJ Moore because of his special teams ability, you might keep a guy like that, or even, you know, this, this might be the end for miles Killebrew, or maybe he, he might find a way to stick around on the roster because again, special teams ability. But I think those four guys are, are your, are your safeties going into whatever season the lions play next. <laughs> All right. And with that, that kind of ends all the roster moves uh, for the week. Uh, next up is, is actual football stuff maybe happening sometime soon. But we'll get to that next week. For now, we're going to head to the mailbag. So stick with us, answer some of your questions on Lions training camp when we come back on the POD cast. Mail time. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Mailbag. Hashtag SPD. Anytime y'all got some questions, we're going to head straight into this mailbag because we got, we got a lot of questions this week and I'm excited about it. We're going to start with Jay Johnny from the Friday Detroit comments section. He asked about our karaoke. He said, first hand discussion on how you felt karaoke went. Success, great success, average, a little disappointing, the good, the bad. What would you do different? Um, as we kind of talked about at the top, um, I was ecstatic with how it went. I thought it, it, was a, it went above and beyond my expectations, both in terms of how smoothly it ran and, you know, how much money we earned. As, as I said, like 8,000 was kind of a lofty goal, um, given that, you know, we're... I, I, there are a couple of reasons. Like, Twitch is not a huge platform, so um, I, I expected to, to, you know, some people to be averse to that. Karaoke is also not a big drawing event. A lot of people don't want to do karaoke. They think it's embarrassing. They don't like it, um, especially in front of a bunch of strangers. So given those two things and we were able to still raise $8,000 in what, six hours. Um, amazing. I was happy with how everything went. I was extremely happy with, with Kyle. I mean, if you didn't come away from that stream loving Kyle Kasky, I don't know what you were watching because the man was energetic the entire time. He was funny. He was affable um, and and generous. And and I mean, he he sent me a pizza during the whole thing. That he's, he's an amazing person. That was awesome. And, uh, uh, I mean, I if if there was one thing I I would have changed, maybe. I mean, we threw that all together in two weeks too. So like the fact that we were able to get all that together in such a short amount of time, and there's a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, was nothing short of, of amazing. The only thing I would maybe change is like centering it out of centering it around maybe a more 
open um, event, something that maybe isn't karaoke. I mean, I love karaoke and, and maybe I'll just do it because I'm, I'm selfish and I love doing events around karaoke. But if I want to get more people involved, it'll probably have to be around a different event. Um, otherwise, I, no. was, I was happy. No, no, no. Karaoke that should just be our thing. Karaoke That's should just be our thing. That's our thing, man. Um, All right. No, it was it, it was awesome, man. I mean, from a, a, a superficial standpoint, I'm like you, uh, Jeremy. I love karaoke. Always have. It, it, it's fun seeing, you know, music is such a, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, a combining force. So when you can connect with someone over songs, you know, you're singing, they're singing, you know, it, it, it's an awesome thing. But then when we think about the actual cause, man, it, it, it's a, it's a beautiful cause. I mean, I went yeah. to Detroit public schools and I, I'm not going to go on and on about it, but I've been in classrooms where it was like two computers and 20 students or, you know, books were short and supplies were short. So just to see, uh, uh, the ability to get some of these kids that really need it. Um, uh, these Microsoft surfaces is, is really cool. And, and, and two, you know, think of it this way, you know, one tablet, I don't know how much it costs, but imagine some of these families that have two or three kids all going to that school. And, you know, so if one is a hardship, imagine, you know, needing multiple so that your kids can get uh, education. So great cause, great time. I wouldn't change anything, man. And like you said, the Caskies were amazing. Just, yeah. you know, to, to have a coach come on like that and just be so down to earth and mm-hmm. uh, same for his wife. And then to see the support, you know, when I saw people from Cincinnati come on, it kind of spoke yeah. to how they are because they don't mm-hmm. have an interest. They don't have a vested interest in him from a football standpoint anymore. He's with Detroit, but it shows the type of man that he is and that type of woman that his wife is that these, you know, fans from another football team came over to support. Uh, this cause for, you know, kids in Detroit. So just a beautiful night, man. I loved it. 100%. The only thing I would change about it is, again, Ryan should have been there. Yeah, I was waiting for Ryan to show up. I, <laughs> I, knew, I knew Reno wouldn't make it. and uh, But yeah, I was hoping Ryan would show up. I was a little disappointed. I know. I wish I could have made it, but I was wheezing. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right, let's get into some Lions questions here. Uh, NRS001 from our comment section asks, uh, my question is, what player could the Bears, Vikings, and Packers least afford to lose? This is kind of talking about the COVID stuff. Um, he gives his opinions. But before I give you his opinions, um, let's just talk about, about that from a roster standpoint. Who are the most valuable players on each of those teams that they could least to afford for any reason? Can I, do with- my best, can I do my best Jeremy impression? Oh, my God. I don't, I don't want you to, but I'll let you. Kirk Cousins from the Vikings, right? That would just be the end of days for the Minnesota Vikings. If they, lost, if they lost Kirk Cousins, yeah, who is their backup? It's not it up, Sage maybe. Rosenfels. He's one of like <laughs> Sage, Sage Rosenfels and Dan Orlowski might be like my two least favorite people on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Sage Rosenfels. <laughs> Who is their backup uh, quarterback? Why can't I find it? It's, oh my God, it's either Sean Manning, Sean Mannion, Nate Staley, or Jake Browning. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to go with Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> losing, lo- losing, losing Cousins would be pretty bad for them. Uh, you know, their defense is pretty good. Um, they got so much talent on defense. You know, if they lost one guy, I feel like they could probably recover. I know, uh, Daniel Hunter would, would you know be in contention, but mm. I mean a quarterback man, you know Kirk Cousins. You got Sean Mannion back there. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't fare too good for him. If I could say the Bears, when I think kind of the same thing, man. Uh, Nick Foles. If they lose Nick Foles, we know what happens. We know who started. So. <laughs> no, come on, it has to be Khalil Mack, right? No, Nick Foles. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know about that, man. And they, Nick Foles isn't even that good. But we know who comes. We know what happens once Nick Foles is out of the equation. Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky runs all over the Lions and they lose. Well, <laughs> week yeah, one, he, he does week one, Mitch Trubisky us. just throws for five hundred yards on the Lions. Hey, pull up Mitch Trubisky too. Does he not look like Johnny Damon's son, illegitimate son, perhaps? <laughs> pull up a picture of Johnny Damon and pull up a picture of Nick uh, of uh, Mitch Trubisky. 
Trubisky See, and Johnny you said, Damon. You, you said Nick Foles because they're the same person. Oh, right. I know. Kind of get them mixed up. <laughs> you know, the other thing I was going to say, do you think that if the Vikings lost any of their 13 draft picks, do you think that they would notice? <laughs> no one would notice. <laughs> nah, nah. It's kind of just like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like wrangling like a bunch of school children. It's like you have to take role to realize that one of them's missing. You just have them each learn a number so that when you count down your team, they, everyone has a one through 13 number that they say out loud. Right. I was a camp counselor. I had to do that. What, uh, what about the, what about the Packers though? Cause I don't yeah, think it would be, Packers. I don't think it would be Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. You, you big Jordan love fan. Come on. Do you, do you even know me? Uh, oh, oops, I forgot. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen your face. I've forgotten who you are. <laughs> what about um I'm gonna say Jair Alexander. Ooh, okay. That would be that would be a big loss for them. Solid corner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going off of last year, I feel like Zadarius Smith was probably their MVP. I think he, he, he transformed them. He transformed mm-hmm. them last year. He he was a monster, man. I don't know where he ranked in defensive player of the year votes, if he got many, but I mean, he had to be a top five defender last, like in all of NFL. And I feel like where the offense kind of sputtered, you know, that consistent pass rush that he gave was huge. So I think I'm going to go with Big Z. Yeah, he was I a force. My answer was totally wrong, by the way. It's Devontae Adams. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, I mean, with Devin Funches opting out, yeah. It's Who else do they have? You think Marquez, Valdez, Scandling, and Equinamani of MS, St. Brown, are going to be their starting wide receivers? I think both those guys. I think think both those guys. Both those guys should fight to the death in the Pride of Detroit name bracket tournament. (laughs) Alan Lazard is okay, but I mean, if he's your starter, that's pretty bad. Aaron Rodgers is going to go nuts if something like that were to happen. All right, next question. Let's move on to a question from Twitter from Brian Kress. He asks, thoughts on this potential offensive line combo? Decker at left tackle, Jonah Jackson at left guard, Frank Ragnow at center, Halapuli Vati Vaitai at right guard, and Tyrell Crosby at right tackle. We have come back to the Halapuli Vati Vaitai at right guard. Ryan is slowly going into a thumbs down. Not a fan of that move. No, we keep Vitae at right tackle. That's where he that's where he got paid to play. And I think that's yep. his best position. I agree. You know, that little short stint when uh I guess it was oh, I can't think of was, was Lane Johnson right tackle. Lane Johnson, when he got hurt, you know, that's probably what the Lions keyed in on. He had a nice little run. I believe it was even in the playoffs, and uh he's our right tackle. We didn't address the tackle position. And I it, you know, it's a combo of things here. We've we've got the the love for Crosby in this mix, as well as the Vitae to right guard. So, you know, it, it, it's a good question for us to, to discuss. I don't think it's realistic. And then Jonah Jackson, I'm a big fan, but I don't know if any rookie starts on the offensive line, at least to begin the year, just because it's a, you know, it's a shortened summer. Everything is short. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, probably vets there. You got to look at Joe Dahl. You got to look at Kenny Wiggins. So, um, no, nah, I, I don't think this lineup is going to happen. I think I think the one thing that moving Vitae inside also hurts is your depth at tackle. Like who's your who's your backup? If you're starting Decker and Crosby? Dan Skipper. Dan Skipper, Matt <laughs> Skipper. Nelson, the, the, the former defensive lineman. Like I know if, if Crosby were to get injured in that situation, they'd probably move Vitae to right tackle. But then you have a guy who's been practicing at right guard all season moving to right tackle instead of a guy who's been practicing tackle all offseason. Um, you know, coming in as a, as a reserve. So I understand the appeal of, of moving Vitae to guard because our guards have been so bad and that right guard position specifically doesn't look great with either Kenny Wiggins or maybe, I mean, Joe Dahl's probably going to stay on the left side, but Kenny Wiggins or, or Josh Garnett or maybe even Logan Stenberg. Um, but to me, I, I just think you have to keep Vitae, given the way the roster is constructed, given what I think his strengths are, you got to keep him at tackle. Next question comes from LJ Bruff, who might be in our Twitch chat right now. Yes, you are building the a man cave. What would be the centerpiece if money wasn't a factor of your man cave? The centerpiece of my man cave. If I could find a way 
to get the wrestling mat from WrestleMania 13 that Austin Ooh. bled on and made it like the floor of my man cave. That would be pretty sick, wouldn't it, Jerry? I, I would I would definitely love that. That was a pivotal moment. And we're going to just digress just a second here, Jeremy. I'm sorry. It's, it's one of the so rare long. moments. It's one of the rare moments. You can look at a Hogan Rock and Toronto where, you know, the script writers want one person to be a face and one person to be a heel, but the fans had other decisions. They, 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 they decide who's the face, who's the heel, because Austin was supposed to be the heel, but the fans said, no, 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 no. He is the future. So yeah, that, that'd be sweet, man. I think, I think you just, you, you get the, you get the canvas, you lay it all out. You maybe do like a nice, like kind of like plexiglass, like overlay. I think it'd be chef's kiss. I would definitely recreate that. I would go right to that spot, lay down. Like I'm like, I'm being put in a sharpshooter and just have my little just blade real quick. Ketchup. Yeah. No, I'll, put, I'll do some ketchup. Get some ketchup. Oh, you blowing. work safe. Yeah. I work safe, man. And uh, I would definitely recreate that. I like it. I, I, I had an idea, but. I'm going to defer to his. I was going to say some big, huge TV, like an OLED 100 inch. I'm a, I'm a video, I'm a video file. I love televisions. I buy like a new one every year. I'm kind of addicted to it. Um, I love the technology when new things come out. So just a nice big 100 inch TV was going to be uh, my choice, a big OLED television, but I'm changing minds. I want that mat as well. So Ryan, you're going to have to cut that mat in half. I get one half. You get the other. Fair. Done. Or in thirds, Jeremy, you can always, you know, you want in on this? <laughs> no, no, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I think my answer would be like, I don't know. I've gotten kind of obsessed with like Twitch culture a little bit lately. I would love just like a nice streaming room where either it's just like my setup, a nice gaming setup, or just like, I, there's this guy, Nick Mertz, Merckx on Twitch, and he has like a whole, like, it's almost like a an arcade that you, or not uh, like a, internet cafe gaming place that you would go to. I don't know what those things are called. I'm old, but uh, just like a <laughs> setup for like four or five people with like a nice monitor PC setup, headphones. If you want to stream to Twitch or whatever online, that'd be dope as well. Just like five, five setups for, for people to just to have while, you know, play, play some call of duty during halftime or something. That'd be like pretty it. cool. All right. Next question. We're going to skip down a little bit here. We'll go to Okuda Matata, who somehow s- snagged that Twitch handle from everyone who wanted it. He asked, hashtag asked, what is more likely for week two versus the Packers? Number one, they lose the game after they, I assume meaning the Lions, lose the game after terrible officiating. Two, they lose the game after several key players conveniently test positive hours before kickoff. Or three, the game doesn't even happen. Three, the game doesn't even happen. <laughs> Three out of those before we just lose, we just lose the game because the Packers are still better right now, unfortunately. Oh, man. This is I mean, turning out yeah. to be one of our sadder podcasts. <laughs> cue, the, uh, cue the sad Fox music. Fox, the sad one. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, it's, it's, it's just like a somber version of the, yeah. of the hype up music. It's yeah. so weird that they have a yeah a sad version of that song. It's just like, can you just play something or just not play music when someone is injured? Why do you have to play your theme song? <laughs> Hashtag brand. Hashtag brand. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Zerkes on Twitter asks, is Michael Gallup a good comparison for Quintus Cephas? This was an interesting one, so I wanted to uh, kind of do a tail of the tape kind of thing and and look a little bit closer into their, their weight their, their like in terms of physical body size, it's a pretty good comparison in terms of their athletic ability. I think Gallup is a speedier option. He's more athletic, um, put, definitely put up better combine scores and um, pro day. Well, I Tevis didn't have the pro day because of everything, but <clears throat> the, I, I, I think it's an okay comparison. I think they both kind of win in similar ways. Like, they, they definitely win more off the line than they do throughout the route. Like they're not, neither of them are great route runners, not super speedy agile guys that are going to, you know, pull, uh, um, God, what's the Chargers guys, Keenan Allen. He's not, neither of the guys are going to be anywhere near Keenan Allen, but in terms of like the big physical guys that'll win just off the line rather than, you know, with, with diverse routes and things like that, it's not, it's not bad. I'll, I'll, I'll take that comparison. What, what do you guys think? 
I don't know. I, you know, I, I see a little bit more of a poor man's Anquan Bolton. I think I've heard that one kind of mm-hmm. talked about a little bit. Um, I can see that just a little bit more. Uh, Gallup is physical, but he, he he uses he wins in other ways as well. Cephas wins a lot with physicality. That's kind of like his calling card, and it isn't uh, you know much else at the moment. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think Anquan Bolton would be a little bit better of a, uh, of a comparison at this moment. So Quintus Cephas is a Hall of Famer. That's what you're saying? Yeah, man. Book it. <laughs> All right. Let's move to the last question of the night. We got to end on some food because I could use some food talk that isn't mozzarella sticks milkshake related. Tyler Boston, or who again was, was a big contributor for our charity stream. He asked, hashtag SPOD, in your opinion, best and worst fast food joint. Do you remember in 2019 when the biggest thing going on was Popeye's chicken sandwich? Doesn't that feel like it was like a decade ago? It does. We were so young. Um, so innocent. Real quick, uh, to jump back to the Tyrell Crosby talk, found out that he was a supper jumper, right? Yes, yes. He brought his his Chipotle burrito to uh, Qdoba to, just to get some queso in there. Well, th- and didn't doesn't he take uh, and then doesn't he go to McDonald's or something to get oh, yeah. to pour it over fries? Carne yeah, asada fries on on like mm. a burrito bowl, yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, smart man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I probably just have to go with McDonald's classic, go through the drive-thru, That's order. The best? Yeah, just order French fries, tell them no salt, so they're oh, nice and God. fresh. Stop writing this, would you please? <laughs> uh, Jerry, I don't, ha- I don't have a good answer. Jerry, you go. I don't know. I was kind of trying to debate what, you know, it's weird too. What is fast food nowadays? And like, is, is five guys considered fast food? I don't know. But um, I know some people don't like some of the things they stand for. But, uh, and I like a good burger too. This was tough, man. But I, I'm going to say Chick fil A. Uh, and I'm going to say this for a few reasons. The, the food is good, but I do, I do like how quick, you know, no matter how long the line is, you can get in and out. And then when you ask for sauce, you know, I'm like when I when I want sauce, I shouldn't have to. It's not like I'm I'm begging for free food or, or extra portions. So a lot of places are so stingy with sauce. Like <laughs> if you ask for extra, it's a big deal. So we went to we went to Chick Fil A a few weeks ago. I asked for two different sauces: their uh, their Chick Fil A flavor and then their Polynesian. They literally gave me like twelve sauces a piece, um, and it was just that. two of us ordering. So and and, and, and lo and behold. I, I, I saved them. My wife's like, what are you doing? I put them in the fridge. And so, uh, you know, she's, she's made some different foods. She's made some chicken. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I still got that sauce. So I'm going to go with them for the best. And then for the worst, I mean, they have to be a drug front. Like, I, 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 never, see anyone going in. I, I never see anyone going in. Like, how is this business still up? It's Long John Silver's, man. They're, they're a whole- <laughs> <laughs> there are still oh, Long John Silvers out. I, 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 oh, the right. lights, the lights are on. You never see any cars. Like they are, they're obviously selling something else. They're selling some, you know, women, women, drugs, something. No one's eating food from Long John Silvers. Okay, but there's still a few open. So I got to go with that. Oh, I I can't argue with that for worse. I was going to say Del Taco, but that's not even. I mean, there's none in Michigan anyway, so who cares? Uh, there is a Del Taco in Michigan. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, oh, there's a, there's one down by Reno, and I was kind of tempted to go there just because you said it was so bad one time. Yeah, no, don't do that. Jack and Box is a close second, but Jack and Box is good, uh, like munchies food. So I, I won't hate on it too much. Speaking of good munchies food, I know I know it doesn't have the best reputation, and I know it's not like the most healthy or like fresh ingredients. But like, I'm sorry, I was raised on Taco Bell. I get Taco Bell cravings all the time. I love Taco Bell. I got no you, issues with that. You want to talk about a place that doesn't skip on the sauce. You ask for one hot sauce packet. They'll, <laughs> they'll throw in two handfuls into your bag. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, man. What what would you do, ooh, you know, Jeremy? You know, really bad. A good call, Harry. <laughs> what would you do to get the chicken crunch wrap supreme back? Oh, the spicy chicken crunch wrap, man. Those are yeah. pretty good. I would I would give up the entire rest of, of the menu. At Taco Bell. <laughs> they, they only sell you, one they thing. They only sell crunch wraps. <laughs> spicy chicken crunch wraps. I miss that. Those day. are good. 
And they would still sell more food than Long John Silver's <laughs> sells fish yeah, sticks. Man. Come on, Long John Silver's? Like, really? <laughs> all right that has been the podcast everybody thank you for joining us we'll be back next monday hopefully talking about some more football stuff uh hopefully talking about a healthier squad out there and hopefully looking forward to a season that actually happens but until then it's chaos be kind everybody Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.